Welcome to the Sacred Emergence Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Wong, and I'm so thrilled that you're here. This is a place where you'll be guided to living your most aligned life so that your truest, most radiant self can emerge. We'll be jamming on topics ranging from spirituality, entrepreneurship, to wellness and lifestyle design, and everything in between that can support you to grow, evolve, and shine, all the while not taking ourselves too seriously. So if you're ready to step into your leadership, break through limiting beliefs, own all of who you are, and expand in abundance, grab yourself your faith cup of tea, and let's dive in. All right, welcome, welcome everybody to the Sacred Emergence Podcast. I am just like beyond stoked for our guest today. Uh, we have Vanessa Henry in the house. Hey, Vanessa. Hi. <laughs> so Vanessa is joining us from Manitoba, Canada, and she is like so magic. She is human design astrology expert, and I actually came upon her website through like a Facebook group I was part of. Um, and so Vanessa, I'm just so, so excited to just dive deeper into human design because I feel like it's such a hot thing right now. 2020 is the year of human design. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just literally so excited for um, our conversation and I don't even know where it's going. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm <laughs> like, I don't even have questions prepared, but I just am excited to get to know you more and ask you questions. So yes. uh, well, let's start with like, how did you come about with human design? So human design for me, I was introduced, just I, I had a book, found a book in chapters or something. And this was 2013. And I, I have a design background. So I can see right away that the words human and design, I see why it attracted me. And I, you know, you, you roam the spirituality section in the bookstore and you're just like, oh, I want everything, tarot books. And you know what I mean? And um, I had just kind of came into a lot of independence in my life at that time and was living alone. Like looking back, I was so set up for a manifestor energetic. But I have to tell you, when I read this book, I absolutely hated it. I hated it. I, it was telling me how to be, putting all these rules on me, and I was absolutely not ready for it. So I moved a bunch of times and we fast forward and this book comes in my line of vision again and I'm suddenly ready for it. And so really only in, I shouldn't even say only because it's been a rather intense few years, but after my Saturn return is when it found me again. And age 28, 29, you know, then now pushing into my thirties, how much life has changed. And I was ready to begin experimenting with it. I think what it really gifted me with in in 2013 was some language to begin talking about the anger and rage I was feeling inside from some of my previous life experiences. Up to that point, I wasn't even ready to look at the fact that I was so angry. I had lost a parent as a child. I'm a cancer survivor. I had seen a lot of death and I wasn't ready to kind of turn around and look at it. I was really running from it. Mm. And as soon as I had the language and awareness to realize when I'm feeling anger, I'm using my energetic backwards. I'm here for passion. It changed everything. It really changed everything. And I, I, it took me years to just even begin to integrate that into my consciousness and then really uh, started experimenting with it specifically. But astrology was really my gatekeeper, I guess, because astrology 
gives me the philosophical and poetic interpretation of the scientific events, which is something I really resonate with to be able to dip into a poetic world and a scientific world at the same time. Mm -hmm. It was satisfying for me. So I fell into human design by chance. It found me when it needed to find me, but I wasn't ready for it. But it started to integrate into my own psyche when it did. And I began very intensely experimenting with it after my Saturn return. Mm. Yeah, that is so good. I love that. And I love that how like, it was like, the because the, you're a manifester as well. And that's yes. part of the reason why I was so attracted to you, because you also have ego authority like me. I'm like, oh my God, she's like a little twin. <laughs> So ego authority, I mean, there's, there's three manifestor types. The energy types, like if we're looking at generators, manifesting generators or generators, they have two potential authorities. So they can kind of have two expressions. Projectors, of course, have five. They can be the most dynamic type. And manifestors can be splenic authority, emotional authority, and ego authority. And the ego authority is the rarest of the manifestor energetics. So when I read charts and I discover someone's an ego authority, I'm very keen. You know, I'm very, hmm, what's going on in your life? What's happening with you? Because I'm, you know, you're the rare of the rare. So, <laughs> so what's going on here? And um, it's important. I've, I, what I've realized in my work is that there, there are three breeds of manifestor mm. and they're all very very different and they have very different initiating styles and so we can't always blanket statement the manifestor or right. any of the types really you right. know because there is different breeds among types mm, i love hearing that yeah because like um i have a friend who's a manifestor but she's a splenic authority but and they're so, so it's they're so cool yeah and like i'm like oh my god like her ins like she's just the things that she creates, I'm like, I'm in awe, you know? <laughs> but yeah. I, I find splenic, splenic, however you want to say it, authority manifestors are so fucking cool, excuse me, but they just operate differently. Mm -hmm. They just, they don't care as much. You know, we get, they're the ones who get the least caught up in, you know, what other people think and they just kind of, yeah, they just roll with it. Yeah. And emotional authority, um, they have like a two-step initiation process. You know, they've got to initiate and then hang back just a little bit and see what happens, feel it out, and then continue the initiation process. So it's very different. It's very, they're, they're all very different. And ego, of course, as soon as we just connect to speaking and we bypass our brains because right. our brains are, oh, did they like me? You know, what about this? And no, I do not stand for that anymore. You know, when, when we start to push, when we start to speak that way, our heart comes through, things really change for us quite quickly. So yes, mm -hmm. the three manifestors are so different from each mm -hmm. other. Yeah. And that's actually something I'm so practicing, like practicing, like using my voice. Cause I feel like for the longest time, I, for whatever reason, I was scared to use my voice. Like what would people think? And I think it's from like people pleasing, um, mm -hmm. just growing up. And so like, now that I'm practicing with them, like it's, it's kind of hard because like my brain wants to kick in. Um, Let's but... talk about that, you know? Like, so this is why it's so important to be gentle with ourselves because mm -hmm. what's actually happening there? You've created a specific neural pathway in your brain, this tiny trench in your brain. And when you come into that person's energy, you just go right back into that trench. I just walk right back into it. And it's automatic. It's very difficult for us to climb out of that trench. Mm -hmm. It's very difficult for us to create a new neural pathway to begin operating in. So there's, there's a phrase that I've been kind of, or uh, some pillars I've been kind of toying with to really help us with this. You know, we first have to be aware of that trench. So when this person comes into my 
energetic field. Here's how I'm acting. It's like an autopilot. It's a reaction. I'm aware of it. From there, after being aware, we accept it. Okay. It, it starts to seep into our body and then we decide how we feel about it. And we probably don't feel very good about it. And if, you know, people like you and I, who are ego authority, we don't have our emotional center defined. So we're really avoiding confrontation and we're learning how to feel things out. <laughs> so from there, you know, after we are aware of it, then we accept it. Only then can we make the adjustment. It's like three A's. We're yeah. aware, then we accept, then we adjust. And the adjustment process takes time. It takes time for that that awareness to seep into our bodies so we have the strength to even know how to climb out of the trench to begin a new neural pathway. And I have to say that the advantage manifestors have here, because this is anybody, this is anybody's energetic, manifestors have the advantage that we can kind of level up, if you think about it, quickly. Because as soon as we decide, I'm fucking climbing out of that trench. <laughs> we do. Yes. You know, we climb. And, and you know, so for, for everybody else, it's not. It's, it, it can be way more difficult. And so I take that as a huge responsibility as a manifester. You know, we are strong enough that if we just decide, we can climb out. And not everybody has that ability. And so this is why manifestors... Um, can be very destructive when they're not awake because they're so angry and they're just in that trench making it deeper and deeper. And as soon as they're encouraged and supported, they then have the courage and bravery to climb out. And they can, they really can quite instantaneously where some people need to wait for something to happen. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. when we think about it that way, it's a big responsibility that we should take quite seriously. Mm. Yeah, it's um, when I learned I was a manifester, I was like, well, I didn't really, when I first punched in my information in the chart, I was like, okay, what does it mean to be a manifester? I'm like, whoa, like this is a powerful role. And, it is. Um, yeah. and so I was like, it was just like, okay, I'm sitting with it. And I, part of me doesn't really know what it means, you know? Well, I also find the language around human design can be quite discouraging when it yeah. comes to manifestors. The examples given, let's just talk about manifestors because what are the chances we're both here, you know? Um, the, you know, our examples are Hitler and Donald Trump. Right. Oh, wow. <laughs> Thank you for that, you know? And I do find a lot of the presentation and the language about this stuff is really focused and presented to the baby boomer generation. Mm. And there is this new resurgence that is among Gen Xers, millennials, Gen Z, and we're of a, you know, we're shifting through this paradigm and we come with some different um, expansions. You know, we're very visual, we're very creative, we're very digital mm -hmm. as well. And so we receive and integrate information differently. And some people in human design are very strict. You know, for example, the manifestor aura is called a repelling aura. Which sounds awful, honestly. That sounds terrible. And I mean, I was talking to a large group of manifestors and some people were, uh, you know, Jenna Zoe had said, you have a selective aura. And sorry, Jenna, the manifestor community hates that term. You know, they like in this, this group, they were like, that is incorrect. It's not selective. It's repelling. Mm. And you can't, you can't, when a manifestor is telling you, you're like, yeah, okay. That's, it's not selective, I guess. <laughs> but you can see why a projector would think that, you know, and this is why manifestors, you know, can, can sometimes dislike the way the other types talk about their energetic because you can't ever tell a manifestor how they are. You kind of have to suggest it. 
and ask the question to let them come up with the answer. And something that I've been experimenting with, because I think we're at a time where we can be adjusting all our narratives, to be honest, our language can adjust across the, the globe. Um, I like the term an aura that pushes energy, you know, oh. repelling sounds like, ah, yeah, that's an intimidating language. That's going to turn people off. You're a manifester. You already feel terrible about being a manifester because you feel so alone your whole life. And then you start to learn about this and you realize, oh, yep, I'm repelling. Well, how disempowering is that? That's incredibly disempowering. So I've started to talk about human design, you know, the, the generator auras pull energy and the manifestor auras push energy. And it's, it's, it's a protection. We're just pushing energy to, to we're only going to push away those who aren't calibrated to us and mm -hmm. those who are, we will not push them. And it just felt a little softer. It just felt yeah. a little more feminine rather than masculine. It felt um, a little more approachable. Mm -hmm. So I think we have these amazing opportunities to, to talk about human design uh, in new ways as an expansion of what it was while not altering the core message that's actually in it. Right, right. Well, how would, because you talked about the masculine and the feminine, like for me, because as I'm stepping into like, okay, um, like my word for this year is goddess and I was like, okay, I'm like, like more of that feminine energy. And I was thinking, well, as a manifester, how does that work? Cause it's like, I'm so excited. Okay. So, because I'm just going to, I'm going to go ahead and assume that as a manifester, you feel quite masculine in your energy. I am so masculine. That's like, yeah, I'm, the, I, I come into the room and it's male energy, not even masculine. It's just male energy. <laughs> People are like, whoa. Um, I shouldn't say that. I don't want to put a gender on it. I apologize. It's, it's masculine energy and all my ego manifestors that I know, even other manifestors, a lot of them will identify with feeling quite masculine. Mm -hmm. And I think there needs to be a shift in our collective consciousness because we associate power with masculine energy. Right. And I, I really think that is so incorrect. The true power is in feminine energy, is in yes. sitting back, is in... Like, my goodness, the, the feminine energy grows life. Mm. Can you tell me a greater power than that? No, you can't. Don't even, don't tell me because it, does, it doesn't exist. The, you know, the feminine energy has the potential to bloom something from it. And these things really go together. Once we hang back, you know, into that swampy feminine that could drown us if we let it, mm -hmm. once we surrender to it, we begin to bloom and the masculine just happens. We begin to rise up. But if we're trying to climb and we were never allowed to settle in the fertile, you know, feminine energy, we're wasting our energy. We're not really um, using our masculine energy in the way we can. So for anybody who really resonates especially as a manifester, feeling masculine, the most loving and compassionate thing we can do for ourselves is explore what it feels like to sit back, to wait, mm. to surrender to ourselves. To be clear, we're not hanging back and waiting and surrendering to other people. It's to our own power. And only there, once we accept ourselves and love ourselves and surrender mm -hmm. to ourselves, do we bloom into this amazing goddess energy. Oh, so, that is so good. For me, the power... The power is in the feminine, and we're collectively learning that as we shift to this right paradigm, which is feminine energy. Oh, that is so good because, like, I, we were talking before the call how I'm like, I'm there's like a new relationship that's unfolding and whatever, but like, yes. it's like part of it is like I run so masculinely. It's like, how do I surrender to this relationship? I just love that you said, like, surrender to yourself, you know, like, you know what, though. We, we are who we are. So if I'm looking at my own natal chart, for example, I'm mostly fire and I'm air. 
water and earth? No, not happening. To me, intuitively, those can feel more feminine. But of course, water can be very violent and tumultuous and masculine. And earth can be a fertile soil or a very big rigid mountain, which Mm -hmm. to me feels masculine. So there are feminine masculine energies in all of us, but we don't have to necessarily change who we are. I think it's fantastic that you're masculine. You know, it's, you may have to learn what it means to be feminine and explore that side of you just so you could be a dynamic person, but you don't have to also shut off your masculine. And when it comes to relationships, if you are in your masculine energy and accepting it, owning it, perhaps you will unleash the feminine in your partner. And what a beautiful gift, you know, Mm. if we're talking about, you know, a, a heterosexual relationship, men, we make no space for male pain right now. And that's a tragedy. And we want this equality and this balance. Well, we have to also allow men to surrender to their feminine if we want women to also embrace their masculine while rising up from their feminine as well. So I think it's beautiful that you carry masculine energy and you may have this opportunity to attract a partner who has some feminine energy that really balances you out. And feminine energy doesn't need to be, it's not weak, you know, it's not vulnerable. It's just, it's just different and it's so beautiful for what it is. So I hope you don't shut down your masculine. Oh, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Well, it's interesting because like just looking at my past relationships, I've always been like kind of the alpha. And so this one is different and it's actually fun surrendering to the feminine, I have to say. Oh my God. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So as a manifester, one of the greatest gifts people can give us is taking the lead. Mm, oh it's my so true. gosh. Yes. I'm initiating all day. Like we don't know what we're eating for dinner until I say, well, let's eat this. You know, my, my generator partner will be like, well, what do you want? I don't care. What you, <laughs> like, I just want you to decide. I'm initiating all day long. I have to start everything and it's, it's exhausting. So I, I want to actually just take this opportunity to talk about the fact that informing the manifestor strategy is not a true strategy. We talk about that and offer that to manifestors, you know, inform, initiate, but that's telling us what to do. And we're not supposed to be told what to do. We're supposed to follow our own inner guidance. But the reason that we, that, that, that strategy is offered to us is because we come up against so much resistance if we're not informing. So really when we inform, what we're doing is letting the other know what we're going to be doing so they can respond to it. So our aura is so dense. It's so like we can imagine that it's almost thick Mm -hmm. that when we come into the room and we're with someone who is not a manifester, our aura actually presses into their aura and it shrinks theirs. Well, if I'm thinking how that would feel, I imagine that would probably feel unpleasant. So the most loving thing I could do for this person I'm engaging with is just give them a heads up so that they know what my aura is going to be doing. You Mm -hmm. know, I like to think about it that way. So the most loving thing I can do is just inform, but it's not actually for me. It's for the other. So by informing, we're just letting them know what our energy is going to be doing. And we have to, we, the, the, I'm bringing this up because we forget, we forget to inform because it actually doesn't come naturally to no, us at all. It's like, why can I just do it? Yeah. <laughs> like, why do I have to tell people, you know? But, but yeah. Oh God, it's so frustrating. <laughs> but, it, but if we think about it, if we, if we're, if we're really intimately sitting with that, Nobody knows what we're going to do. And so if you push into them without giving them a heads up, of course, they're going to resist you. It's the most natural reaction. But if you just say, hey, I'm coming, I'm going to just to let you know, I'm going to do this. 
it's very gracious. You know, it's very, very gracious to do. And they're then, okay. Mm-hmm. Now it, we have to be careful that we're not asking for permission because right. as soon as we go, I just need some space. Can I just have some space? Our, our partner, for example, may be like, well, I just want to fix it. What's wrong? What do you need? It's like, no, I, that's, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I should have said, I'm taking some space. I'm locking myself in the room. I'll be out in an hour, you know, yeah. rather than asking. Cause as soon as we ask where it's like, we're opening, we're leaving a little bit of energetic room for someone to put their two cents in. Mm-hmm. We, we actually don't need that. I don't need your two cents. I'm, you know, I care about your two cents, but it's going to actually make me feel worse. And I really just need to be alone in this example. Mm, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So informing is doesn't come naturally. And anytime we start to trip up and have problems, it's because we've stopped informing when we think we are. Mm, That's good. Yeah. And then we get angry, right? (laughs) Rage blackout. Absolute rage blackout. And and that, and you know what? That doesn't feel good. And and we have to be really careful not to get angry at the other people when they're not doing what we want, because it's it's on us. We've stopped Mm -hmm. informing. And so when we feel that rage, it's an opportunity to take a step back, zoom out and go, okay, I'm clearly not using my energy correctly. Have, what can I do to support myself? And I'm just going to start letting people know, I'm not asking for permission. I'm just letting them know what's coming. I'm letting them know what my aura is going to be doing. And resistance sincerely falls away. Sincerely. Mm. How has your, like, cause you've like, cause I heard you say that you're, how you structured your business, it's changed. Since oh yeah. With, yeah. So I'm so curious, like how has you stepping into your manifestor self, like how has that changed for you? How has stepping into my manifestor energetic changed? I would honestly say it's changed everything. I've always been lucky in that I hung on to some type of natural intelligence, knowing that I wanted to dictate my own schedule. So I've been self-employed for over a decade. And as soon as I really started experimenting with working according to urges, when I felt that creative surge, um, our life totally changed. Now it was very difficult because I have a, I have a child. And when I gave birth to my child, that was, it was a, a surprise because I was, as a cancer survivor, I wasn't supposed to get pregnant. So here I felt that something had control over me. This wasn't supposed to happen to me. Now I'm suddenly pregnant. And so even though it should be this beautiful experience where, oh my God, a miracle, I'm pregnant when I shouldn't be, I really felt like my power was taken away. Mm. Something was put on me that I didn't have control of. And that's very challenging for a manifester. So it, and that was my Saturn return, of course. (laughs) So, um, and learning that power dynamic. So being forced really into the motherhood role was very hard on me and I could not keep up with my manifesting generator child. So as soon as I really understood what was happening from an energetics perspective, I informed my husband that we're changing how we do this. And it it was convenient because he was ready to step back from work and, and ready for a change that, you know, he needed to do that wind down generator pause for. And I really moved into the income earning role and he moved into primary parent And it's like I was unleashed Mm. and I could finally see things uh, a little bit, I would say more clearly. And and of course, manifestors are blind. We really can't see anything. We're not projectors, but I could get a sense for my life a little bit more clearly. And the big adjustments I made was not creating a schedule for myself that I had to wake up nine o'clock, start five o'clock, stop. And my partner really tried to put me in that. 
this. He's a generator. That's what worked for him. And I had to keep saying, that's not how I work. I'm going to do way more work than you can even imagine in two hours than I would do in a whole day if I didn't have an urge. Mm -hmm. And that's really hard to do because the world doesn't accommodate urges. You know, it's like, well, I have to book an appointment. You know, like I have to come do this podcast interview. Am I going to have an urge? Am I not? But as soon as we start to make space, we start to have more energy and we start to be aware of what it feels like to not have energy. So I really started only working Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And we have, we make great income. We have a beautiful life. We're not struggling. Thankfully, you know, we're able to do this. We've been traveling. We have a lot of luxury and really lucky that we have that. And the reality is I can just do more when I operate that way. So I had to do some smart changes. I have an online school that is um, uh, teaching human design and astrology. And I set that up. I want it to be very affordable for people. I don't need to charge hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars for something like this because personally, I find that human design content is set up that way and it's very inaccessible. If this is information that everybody should be learning, we should make it accessible. It shouldn't cost $12,000. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I set up something that was a very low enrollment and there's one option. You can enroll and it's $25 mm-hmm. and you're enrolling for a year. So yeah, you're making a commitment and that is intimidating to some people and that's okay. And a lot of people ask me, well, can I pay this all up front? And I say, no. And I'm very transparent about it because this is how I create my stable income. So I'm able to, pr- you're, able, you're really giving me an energy exchange of money at a low cost to allow me to create this content for you according to my urge. So what we're really doing as manifestors is showing that we can operate a different way and it still works. We're creating these new potentials and these new realities for people. And I have to tell you, people really respect that I'm just straightforward about that. Mm-hmm. You know, that I say, this is what it is. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to give you the most service that I can give you. And I do have to always kind of adjust the boundaries, you know, and yeah, all of a sudden I've been, I worked 30 hours and, you know, a couple days, you're like, how'd that even happen? And it does, it does happen. I'm, I'm learning when enough is enough without my sacral definition, but we just be gentle with ourselves and we start to, the first step is learning, well, what does an urge actually feel like? And once we, if, if, if the manifester is saying, well, I don't know that I'm having an urge you're probably not. You're clogged. You're working too much. You don't have enough space for an urge to come in. And by just starting to remove the thing, tapping into what doesn't feel good and then choosing to remove those things, you're creating space. And then you get that divine lightning bolt urge from within that when you think of it that way, if it's a divine lightning bolt from within, I should respect it and and operate when I'm in it. But then nobody else should bother us <laughs> when we're in that urge. Like, if I'm focused on this thing and I'm in this urge, just don't even talk to me. Like, I, you know, I can only focus on this urge. So it does, it does teach, it, there is some teaching that needs to happen with everyone around you as well. Right. I love it. And I also love how, like, with your human design meetings, if you do it through audio. So it's like, yes. that's very, I just, when I saw that, I was like, oh, that's very like ego authority, right? Because you're using your voice. Of course. So as soon as I really got that, I've been a writer for, for my whole life. I've, um, and writing is an expression, of course. Storytelling is very important to me. And I was a science fiction and fantasy writer and journalist. So it was very, I was very used to writing. And as soon as I realized all my power came out when you heard the cadence in my voice, I did adjust everything. And as an ego authority, that's not necessarily what's going to work for everybody else. But for me, and what's unique about me, when you can hear me 
say things mm -hmm. like this. It just has a totally different effect than if you were to read it. Yeah, I used to have a blog. Well, I still have a blog, but um, I was like, I was just dragging and how I wrote my blog was by speaking. And then I would like transcribe it. <laughs> so I'm like, a podcast works really well for me. A podcast is absolutely beautiful, beautiful for you. And I only want to encourage you with that because if you think about that, that's where your power is activated. Mm -hmm. We can hear you. It's like expressing and writing is still very, very good, but it's different. And you totally. know it's different. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and, and it, I had a blog too. I'm still a blogger. That was kind of, you know, how I got started as a digital entrepreneur. But it wasn't the same use of my energy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. um, and so you pull in both astrology and human design. Um, what's yes. your, I know, I remember seeing that you're a Libra sun. Yeah. What's your, <laughs> what's your rising in your moon? Oh, my moon sign is Aries. Wah, wah. You're so powerful. Holy shit. <laughs> Aries. Hey, it's just like, it's also rage, but, um, yeah, <laughs> I've, I've, uh, been on the journey of, of turning all that rage back into passion and mm -hmm. it's been very liberating. And my rising sign is Leo. Oh, wow. Total fire. My goodness. Total fire. <laughs> and it can get out of control when a little bit of air blows on it, you know? So, um, it's been, um, the Leo rising has been so fascinating to put energy into because I've been on a hair journey since I lost all my hair mm. with chemo treatment and eyelashes and the whole, the whole thing. And it's just so Leo that I, ha I really just laugh, you know, the Leo main and, you know, and so, and, and appearing confident when you, when you first meet someone, um, the rising sign is such an illusion, you know, it's so how the world sees us, but I'm a hermit. Like, I want to go and retreat. Yes, I can turn it on and be bold Leo, confident Leo, but uh, I still want to go and be alone, you know, and restore myself, I guess you could say. So yeah. the reason I really like to weave in astrology a little bit more strongly, because human design is a fusion of five modalities and uh, astrology is one of them. Mm -hmm. um, I find that astrology allows for that poetic storytelling interpretation, and it is different based on whoever is communicating it. And I take a lot of responsibility with that. And I don't particularly like when readers give black and white options. This is going to happen to you. And this is going to happen to you. That's what the chart says. There's a binary for everything. And I think it's very uh, violent to actually read charts that way because then people are, they're impressionable and they're then right. thinking this is going to happen. So I, I um, won't read a chart like that. Mm -hmm. And I always kind of present the binary. And I, I think I take a lot of responsibility for that because uh, of, of our ability to impact people and send them on a direction. Mm -hmm. And I take that quite seriously. So I like the astrology component because I like to let people know how their vehicle operates and how to best work with the, the body that their, their aura is around. Um, but astrology allows for me to create, help create the storyline that inspires them. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Um, it was, I was really excited to see that you did both. Cause I was like, I'm like, I've studied astrology a few years ago and I was like, ah, I just feel like when I learned about human design, I was like, I wonder if there's a way to really integrate the two. And so when I saw you do it, I was like, oh, thank God. Like there's actually like, it's not something I'm making up in my head. There's, I think there's actually a lot of readers who do it that way. Um, that I've been now exposed to I only really come at it the, the, for my why and why I do it. And it's because I like to give myself the opportunity to 
help them have a 360 degree view of their life. You know, let's stand in the middle and let's look around the whole, you know, all these celestial bodies and let's just see what we see. And I, I do open up like, what do you see? And that's why I don't really like projecting what's going on right now. What are the, mm-hmm. what are the stars doing right now? Like, let's look back. All our wisdom is in looking back and let's look at where they were when you were born and let's understand you and your potentials and your potential setbacks as well, you know? And it just reminds us of the magic in life again. You know, it gets us excited about life again, that we don't know everything, but that we have all the control and all the power to dictate how we navigate through this experience. Yeah. I feel like the more we know ourselves through like, like when I look at a chart or when I'm getting a reading or like, it's just like validation. And like, that is just so, that's sometimes that's all I need, you know? So what was some of the most profound things you learned about your own charts that really shaped your life? Oh my goodness. Um, well, for the longest time, I, it's like the leadership piece. Um, so I'm a Leo moon. So it's like, oh, <laughs> there's always a part of me that just feels like I want to be seen. And like, um, when, if you look at the whole house, like the whole signs, um, my son is in the first house. Yes. Okay. Um, and so like the leadership piece has been as like, oh, as I step more into my own, like the leadership, um, is pretty strong and then with the leo moon in my second house i'm like okay like value self-worth like that so like all the pieces started coming into play and it just started making more sense like this is the work that i'm feeling really called to do and the fact that my chart has that even better um and then i know in placidus my son is in the 12th house so like i have like i'm completely spiritual i'm so spiritual you know and so it's like oh my god this is all like making sense and it just it really confirmed the direction of my life and where i'm going when i saw all those pieces i think you've said something very beautiful there that it it um creates this opportunity for acceptance mm-hmm. you know it allows us to have permission of, of our life and where we're going and it offers this sort of beacon of inspiration to go, okay, well, I haven't totally screwed this up, you know? Um, that was in my stars, we could say, like in, in my historical, historically, these things have happened in my life and nothing is set in stone. You know, I always have the power of choice on how I navigate forward. And I really, I, I, I um, don't identify with when people ask me, you know, what signs are compatible, for example, mm-hmm. because you're, we're probably interpreting sun and sun sun and sun sign and you you have multiple signs and really I think we can be compatible with absolutely anybody as soon as we have an awareness of their chart for example we know oh your Venus is in Pisces okay well that explains why you're that way um or oh your Jupiter isn't you know when, when we can do this and we start to consider people the facets of people a little bit more intimately what we're actually doing is rising above the zodiac mm-hmm. and using it as a tool to understand the other and ourselves and as soon as we approach our relationships from a place of understanding and openness and we listen to each other uh, we we are c- compatible with everyone with everything mm-hmm. we just can't be so head down in our own life. Mm-hmm. Mm, I love that. Yeah. And I just remember growing up, it's almost like, you know, all those magazines, they talk about compatibility and I'll say, Oh, I'm only good with like Pisces and Scorpio. And like sometimes Taurus, like (laughs) I'm good with Leo's and Aries. Yeah. It's like, Ooh, yeah. And I never dated those people like ever. So, but I'm not just one sign. 
right, know, not right. just one sign. And of course, learning human design puts a whole, creates a whole other um, opportunity for language around understanding ourselves, which is really, really cool because it just, it, it, it asks us to consider ourselves differently. And I love that. So even though, you know, astrology has been around for so long and it's so poetic and philosophical, really, human design is quite new in comparison. Mm-hmm. It, it really was birthed in, you know, late 80s, early 90s. But I don't want this to be offensive, but it was still created by a white man in the 90s. You know what I mean? So, I, like, we have to also understand that and that's going to so piss some people off, but it is what it is. We're, in a, we're flipping into a new paradigm and mm-hmm. we have to be open to um, listening to each other and talking about these things, um, while adjusting and considering our language. Mm -hmm. Um, would you say that for, um, like the rising, it's almost like we've been conditioned to be a rising sign? Because in a, in my, in my school online, I present the rising sign with a potential pressure Mm -hmm. that we may feel. And I do think the rising sign comes with a pressure because how the world sees us, we, that's what it's reflecting to us. Okay. So that's kind of how we start to see ourselves. And that's hard because you're not seeing yourself clearly then. And I know with like the numinous and stuff, they, they often recommend, you know, read your rising sign before your sun sign. And that really resonates with some people. I know it, it definitely resonates with me, but I'm a Libra, I'm a Libra, I'm a Libra. And I like to talk about the sun sign as the lens we're wearing to perceive this world. So if we were just to imagine a table before we came here and were placed into these bodies and these vehicles, and there's a table before us with 12 pairs of sunglasses, I picked up the Libra lens. And so I'm perceiving reality through the lens of Libra. But that doesn't mean that's how the world is perceiving me. The world is seeing me through the lens of Leo. Does that make sense? I love that. That is good. That's a good analogy. So how the world is looking at you, you know, that's what they're showing you. It's kind of like, oh, you start to believe it. And so that's where that potential pressure comes in. And of course, the rising sign has so many advantages, you know, like, yeah, you come off a certain way, um, but we just have to consider that. It's just information for us to consider, and then we can really rise above it and choose how to proceed forward. Yeah. And I also love, it is poetic, right? Because then it shows like the our multifaceted layers of who we are and we're not like a box. So yeah. Awesome. Well, I, um, it's been such a pleasure. (laughs) So fun. I know. And, um, you have a phenomenal, the Academy, which I'm part of. And, um, I, I love how you are doing it. Like, thank you. Yeah, because it, it makes it even richer versus just learning like, okay, these are the channels and these are, you know, the gates. Um, you I really make- want to yeah. create a world for people. Yeah. I want to create a, a world that we can come into and get excited about who we are again, you know, and mm-hmm. feel excited about our own lives. Wow, how rich, you know, what a, what a gift. So um, I, I take it very seriously and I think I'm very honest about my own energetic and I'm very lucky that my uh, students, my audience, I feel that they get me and they give me a lot of permission and they know that I'm, I'm never going to say this course is coming out this month and this course is coming out this month and because I'm going to operate according to an urge. So I'm not going to tell you that and my, my uh, audience gets that 
and they're excited for the world that's coming mm. that I'm going to, that I'm going to create for them. And it's really, really fun for me to create new personalized audios, new courses, new programs for people to fall in love with. And for me to experiment with as well. It's really, really fun. And it is incredibly uh, liberating for a manifester to then have these amazing people who say, thank you for this impact. That's mm. all we need. Cause we have no idea how we impact people. We're, we're sincerely blind. And I feel very lucky to have been able to have that type of opportunity. Yeah. And like, I remember when you launched the money course mm -hmm. and you were sharing your story of like, just like when you were young and you had the chemo, I think mm -hmm. I was like, cause like the power of your voice, right? You're talking like, totally. Voice. I was like driving. I was like, I'm like, oh, I'm crying <laughs> because so yeah. Thank you for telling me that because the, in the money course, I'm teaching us how to actually sell correctly, how to actually make money correctly. And in that example, I was saying, here's how I, how I'm designed to sell. And I have to sell through my solar plexus. And when I'm doing that, I'm upset. So I need to allow that to come through. And so when, by you saying I'm crying, I'm upset. It's an upsetting thing. I'm mm -hmm. talking about something upsetting. The most natural response is for you to feel upset. And it's funny because you can hear it change in my voice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's like, I was like, is that her ego authority coming through? <laughs> yes, it was. It absolutely was. Yeah. Yes. But through the lens, I guess, through the gateway of the solar plexus, the emotions, which is what I'm here learning about. Mm -hmm. I'm learning how to process my own feelings. Yeah. So can I ask like for your chart, is your, yes. um, is the lower, like, af where is it? Like, so there's like the G center and below, mm -hmm. and then there's the ego authority. Is everything else pretty undefined oh, yeah. for you? I have defined head centers. I have a defined head, a defined ajna, a defined throat, and a defined heart. So I have, a lot of, I have a lot of undefined centers. Okay. So I'm here to learn about emotions. I'm here to learn about identity. I'm here to learn about healing, passion, and when enough is enough. <laughs> Yeah, because so even your root center is undefined then? Yes. Oh my so, goodness, okay. Struggling with resting? How do I rest? I'm going to go in the bath and rest, but I'm going to listen to a podcast so I can learn and level up. Hmm, you know, it's not real rest. I'm still working, quote unquote, on myself. So yeah, the open root can be really, really, it's a pressure center. Mm -hmm. I notice that you have two pressure centers. You know, I could do this. My head center is open. I could do this and I could do that and I could do this. Yeah. But how do I rest as well? So a double pressure. Yeah. And I find that, uh, like I, I need so much alone time, um, just to kind of recharge And If I don't get enough sleep, like for mm -hmm. the past week or so, just, you know, being in a new relationship, like I, I'm just like all absorbed into his energy and I'm like, <gasps> I'm not sleeping well. And I'm so like off centered. But I guess like, what a gift to have the language for that now to yeah. know that I'm all up in his energy. I'm not centered. You know, I'm not aligned because I've got literally someone else in me. And I don't mean that sexually, <laughs> but I mean, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you, you are, if you're sleeping next to him, you're never clearing out your own energy centers right. and we want to sleep next to them in the beginning. It's exciting, you know, but then we just have to also have the awareness. This is going to be a lot for me. So I'm going to need to also choose to have some quality alone time away from this person as well. And that, and that can be really hard. All we can do is be aware of it, then accept it and then make the adjustment. Right. But I have to say like, 
it's been really nice to have my own space, right? <laughs> and just like, what a delight, oh, hey? <laughs> coming back into yeah. myself. It feels so good. I actually got good sleep last night. <laughs> it's like, thank God. I, so. I talk about this a lot, how we're moving towards separate bedrooms and oof, that triggers so much fear for people. My, my sex life is going to fall away or, you know, I, my relationship is falling apart. It's like, no, when you're sleeping, you're sleeping. Like you have to sleep in your own aura. It's okay. <laughs> Imagine how great it would be to have your own bed in your own space, mm -hmm. what a delight. You can go have sex on your kitchen table. You know what I mean? You don't have to do that in your bed. Like, it, you know, it's, it's, it's not just about sex. It's about quality rest as well. And so uh, I, I like talking about that just to create that potential for us in the future, that we mm -hmm. can sleep in our own space, in our own aura to respect the amazing, uh, complex people we are now. Mm, yeah, that's so good. Um, so good. So how do people learn to work from you and how do they get in your space? So I treat my Instagram kind of like an online classroom. Mm. And on Instagram, I'm at Vanessa Henry. And I talk about human design and astrology. And I talk a lot about my own life and my own experiences using this information. And then I support people in learning about their own energy and the people they love through an online school called the Academy. And it's just at VanessaHenry.com. And from there, I also give people an opportunity to work with me one-on-one -on -one, and it allows me to study their charts and to support them a little deeper than I have just through readings, which I've done historically. And it's an opportunity for me to study them a little bit more intimately. So it's, it's very satisfying for the inner scientist in me that wants to really understand the other. As a Libra, I also, yeah, really want to understand the other. So I take one-on-one -on -one sessions with clients um, and I have a an online school and that's the best ways to connect with me or through Instagram. Amazing. I'm definitely put that in the show notes. People get to Thank be you. in your world. Thank Love you that. so much, Vanessa. You are so you, fun. Michelle. I absolutely adore you. You're such a delight. What a privilege to be able to talk to another ego manifester. So thank you for having me on. Thank you. And um, everyone who's listening, please uh, share this podcast on Instagram. You can tag both of us at Vanessa Henry at michellewong.xo. And uh, stay tuned for more. Thanks so much. Join our free private Facebook group community, Sacred Emergence, to receive more connection, guidance, and support. And take part in our five-day inner confidence challenge to not only boost your confidence, but to help activate your inner leadership. Details in the show notes. Thank you for listening to the Sacred Emergence podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And thank you in advance for sharing this with others who can benefit. Until next time.